Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Let me introduce you to our guests who are going to be helping us untie and disentangle this knot of religion tonight. Joining us on the line, obviously, because our guests are all people of faith. And, well, they don't want to interrupt the rules and regulations of the government. So, I'm here in the studio alone and Sylvester is alone on the other side in his booth and well we're trying to abide by the regulations that's why we're hosting all of them now on the phone we do have Pastor Joshua Ponga is a cultural activist a writer a fighter of spiritual colonialism and he joins us on the line Bishop good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us good evening to you I wanted to let me also to be in the studio so <laughs> yeah yeah, I heard. I heard more that you you really want to get out. You really want to get out. <laughs> oh, how you wish you were me. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but. I, you were my last hope. You know, I understand, Bishop. I understand. <laughs> Let's invite also Evangelist Easton Zanuwe, an evangelist who is with the Hebrew Israelites. Evangelist, good evening to you. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Nae. Good evening. Good evening, South Africa, Azania. Thank you very much, Evangelist. And also, Rastau Tau Rabanuba is the president of the Rastafari Faith. Good evening to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Nae, uh, to the guests and the listeners of SAFM and to everyone. Is, Thank it, you for inviting us again. Is, is, is coronavirus, COVID-19, affecting your voice, Rastalta? <laughs> not, not, not like that, but I, I think um, I had something stuck on my throat. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah. We'll take that for now. We'll take yeah. that for now. Just make sure after the show you test your temperature. You see if you don't have these flu-like symptoms and, uh, and see who have you been in contact with. <laughs> <laughs> to see who you've been in contact with. All right, let's get down to it, gentlemen. Thank you very much once again for agreeing to talk to us. I understand this is family time, and uh, you have decided to allow us into your spaces. And most importantly, the listener who is at home now listening to this program, thank you very much for tuning in. Let's get down to business. Will COVID-19 reshape the world sees religion? Let's begin with you, Ras Tao Tao. Uh, you've always been, uh, well, somewhat uh, in the middle, uh, not for or against, but hey, you're open-minded like that, as you always say. Do tell us, now that people seem to want a national day of prayer, now that people seem to have uh, a more gentler look at religion, is it possible that perhaps religion will have a better reception in people's hearts? Will the world see religion in a different way because of COVID-19? Uh, thank you, Brother Naye. Let me begin uh, in the context of the fact that South Africa is a faith-based country. Let me begin by just quoting one of the speeches of His Majesty he gave on the 6th of October 1963 at the United Nations. Uh, I'm not claiming that it's a prophecy or it's speaking to this event, but okay. I'm just saying, yeah. You say the problems which confront us today are equally unprecedented. They have no counterpart in human experience. Men search the pages of history for solutions, for, for precedents, but there are none. This then is the ultimate challenge. Where are we to look for our survivor? For the answers to the questions which have never before been posed, we must look first to God Almighty, who has raised men above the animals and endowed him with intelligence and reason. We must put our faith in him that he will not desert us or permit us to destroy humanity, which he created in his image. 
We must look into ourselves, into the depth of our souls. We must become something we have never been, for which our education and experience and environment has ill-prepared us. We must become we must become bigger than we have been, more courageous, greater in spirit, larger in outlook. We must become members of a new race, overcoming petty prejudice, owing our ultimate allegiance not to nations but to our fellow men within the human community. I end the quote. Well, in answering your question, yes, uh, COVID-19 is radically uh, taking religion on an upside-down level. For the first time, churches close. Nothing ever closed churches in South Africa, not even apartheid. So for the first time, people are questioning some hard questions that where are the miracle churches that usually perform miracles? Uh, Why will the centers of healing themselves close? So, yes, after this, it is going to uh, leave religion probably in a bad shape, if not in a a very uh, radically changed shape. Okay. What do you mean by radically changed, Russ? It's going to radically change how the people uh, look at the world. Like, for instance, look, China uh, had its infections, and they started to talk about its recovery, but not even a single day did China ever call for a national prayer, a national day of prayer. Now, as the place where this uh, virus was first identified, and the people, when they're going to look at how China dealt with it, I think it's going to make them look at faith in a different way. All right. So in a different way, as in people will walk away from religion or toward religion? They will walk, they will certainly walk away towards, uh, away from religion because clearly the churches are closing the doors. I understand the social distance and so forth, but there are certain areas that the church and God, as they proclaim, will not even fear. I mean, there are quotations we have been getting on social media like, no weapons formed against you shall prosper and so forth. And those things are being questioned now that what happened to no weapons formed against you? Okay. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, uh, let's bring in uh, the bishop. Uh, bishop, uh, from your perspective, will religion cause us to change the way we look at religion? Well, COVID-19, I've, I've rather. Al- yeah. I've, al- I've always had my problem with the system and the structure, which draws people towards the buildings and building toward pe- build people towards doctrines. And we lock people away in buildings, and they come there once a week, and half the time they're fast asleep when they're in those buildings. And we think that by having people gather around buildings that we're making Christians. COVID-19 will change three major things. Number one, systems. I'm looking at all main, mainstream churches. I'll start with mine, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm looking at the Lutherans and the Anglicans who have had a system of collecting money from the poor and somehow smuggling it up to the top and coming down we're going to see a big change. In right now, we send our ties to the conference, to the offices. The question is, what do you do with your bills at the local church? And our conferences and unions and divisions and whatever synods have reserved, some of them for 10, 15 years, some of them for 20, 30 years. So they can use their reserves. For the first time, I can declare, let every church not return the offering to the structure, because the structure is now closed. Secondly, the buildings that we're building all around the country building the houses of God. Now they are closed. We must convert all those churches into factories. 
I know I sound like a radical, but those churches are now defunct. It comes back to number three, which is a basic family church, individual faith. There will be no reason better for us to discuss this than now. What are we going to do with members who want to be baptized? What are we going to do with marriages? What are we going to do with Lord's suppers and uh, rituals that have been conducted by the church? Unfortunately, the church has not prepared its members to become active participants and conducting the rituals at their own individual level. And here's a big shocker. That with the COVID-19 coming into space, is it 9 or 19? 19, sir. With the, with the arrival of COVID-19, we, are, we have already witnessed for the past two weeks a radical shift into e-ministries. Yeah. Where the big churches have now been reduced to a wall and the pastor on the microphone trying to speak to his members. What a shame. One of my friends, actually, whom I know very well, was sending messages to his members that they must not forget his account <laughs> so that they can continuously send him the tithes and offerings. I almost said, like, swearing him at him from the top of my voice and said, giving you tithes for what? Yeah. He's also in hiding from COVID-19 and the members must support him while hiding. Yeah. So things have changed. Formal Christianity, the honeymoon is over. It's high time now we begin to look at the real church, which is the individual and the family. And the biggest bone of contention is that we've attracted the finances of the poor into a system, into a church, and into a structure. Now with the structure shaking, even if COVID-19 goes away, but the message has been heard loud and clear. Yeah. Is it amazing, not amazing, that within one week, God has retrenched all the fake ministers wow. out of jobs, all of them. With okay. no retirement package. They can take the money we gave them so long and they can use it for their hospital bills. Yeah. But going forward, we can no longer look at the church being in a building. That's why God in the Bible allowed his ark to be taken by, by, by enemies. So that when people have too much faith in furniture, than the one whom the furniture represents, yeah. then God destroys the furniture. Wow. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Evangelist Zanumu, uh, your take after the break. Stand by. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to Facts of Faith with me and I, Lupondo, on this 29th day of March 2020. We are together until 8 o'clock. We're trying to get the question answered. Will COVID-19 reshape the way the world sees religion? Will COVID-19 reshape the way... The world sees religion. We are taking your calls throughout the program, and these are the new numbers. 011-482-1510. 011-482-1510. That's the second one. 011-482-9216. 011-482-9216. And the question we're trying to get answered, will COVID-19 reshape the way the world sees religion? If you were listening to Ras Tao, he did say, quite frankly... People now know they don't need to go to the religion because the very institutions that were not even closed down by apartheid, now COVID-19 has shut them down. If the centers of healing are not there to give us healing, why do we need them anyway? Well, bus conversation came from Rastau Tau Haramanuba. And then the bishop says, God has retrenched the pastors. Why give pastors tithes if they're not even ministering to us now? Why do we even need those buildings if we now know that we can worship via e-ministries, electronic ministries? Again, shut them down. 
interesting view. Let's hear from the evangelist. He's a Hebrew Israelite, giving us his perspective. Will us, will we as the people, look at religion differently because of COVID-19, evangelist? Yes, before I give you my take, uh, there is a feedback there. Go, go ahead, go ahead. If, if you have feedback, please switch off your radio. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't have a radio with me here. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Before I give you my feedback, I just want to share with you the Hebrew Israelite faith or worship is centered on the family. So every Shabbat we meet in our homes, four, five, six, seven families at most. And uh, we only meet as a, as a group, a bigger group on festivals. Like now, we're supposed to meet uh, for Passover, Pesach. But now that has been disrupted because of, because of the COVID-19. But I must say that, certainly, yes, to a great extent, this is going to cause uh, a lot of changes in religion or in spirituality or in worship. Why do I say that? Uh, at the moment, we can see a global coordinated response to this virus or this viral attack. And it has taken all governments of the world to respond to this. And in this response, one of the things that they've done is also to close churches, just as they close business and other systems. Now, under the threat of such a, a pandemic, one would not act in less caution. What the governments of the world have done is uh, perceived to be the most appropriate action to have been taken. So to say this has a potential to interfere with worship, thus disrupting it, it would sound very unreasonable, short-sighted, and alarmist uh, to many people's minds. But when, we, when I look at things the way they are unfolding, I can clearly see that there is going to be radical changes, just like my other uh, 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 brethren have said there. There's indeed going to be a radical ch change in worship. There's going to be a radical change in the way that we've been doing things. There's going to be a radical change even in our spirituality. People are going to have to wake up to know that they are not dependent upon a pastor who must stand in front of them, yeah. but that they themselves... They are the, the, the men in the, in the family is the priest. That's right. And the mother in the house is the teacher. And the children are part of the congregation. And then you must be able to worship Abayahua yeah. in the confines of your own home. And once we do that, we are going to see a lot of growth in the spirituality of people. Now, one other thing that I see is that the way the laws are being made is not yet clear at the moment. The way the response that has taken place in the world is bound to control conscience, is bound to control what how men want to do things. It might be a bit early now, but what I can see is that once laws are put in place and they continue to increase, they continue to tighten up, uh, I think we're going to see a more control in, in the way that we worship than we have ever experienced before. All right. All right. I want to I want to bring in the pastor here, uh, Maponga. Ras Tau Tau brought something that I was very curious to hear an answer to. I thought perhaps you'd address it as well. 
these religious communities that we believe in, that we are members of, whether it is the Methodist Church or the Seventh-day Adventist Church or whatever religious organization or the Hebrews or whatever, if you believe in some Abrahamic faith of a sort, you do believe in supernatural powers. And yet these supernatural powers don't seem to be demonstrable during a time of COVID-19. Why is it that people have been preaching, we have been preached to, told that there is a power in the blood, and yet this blood don't seem to have power over COVID-19 to the extent that churches the world over, including the one you just mentioned right now, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, they have issued statements saying shut down. None of them have said, call all those victims, we will heal them with the blood. What does that mean? Is it possible that all these centers of healing are fake centers of healing? Because now that we need healing, we don't get that healing. Bishop? The first thing we need to, to admit, as I said initially, that the fake, the fake pastors, including fake religion and fake dogma, that has been telling people there's power in the blood and power in the blood. Now there's a red line that has been drawn. Can those who think and who know that they are working with God and they have the blood of Jesus in abundance, either in bottles, in oils, or in pronouncements, step across the line? Now, it brings us to a very critical point where I will agree with the evangelist, that we have not been, we have not been uh, careful in listening to the instruction of the Black Book. For example, you cannot go about eating pig and eating all the, the, the dirty food because you, you hope to become a prayer warrior and you want healing on a Sunday or on a Saturday in your church. There are principles of health that have nothing to do with the blood of Jesus. So you, you, need, to, you need to be very careful and put a clear line that you don't change and turn a church into a hospital because of you, you deliberately breaking uh, laws that have to do with health. Number two, we have not been careful to teach our members issues around food and security in terms of people eating from the ground. We have turned shops into our own into our own garden. Thirdly, we have not been clear, particularly I'm speaking on behalf of my church, we have not been clear in terms of indigenous medicine and how people can cope and deal with, with diseases. We have told people that anyone who touches a root is a devil and is a witch. I've received that name myself, that Mokonga has become a Sangoma. Praise the Lord. But now when COVID-19 is here. Some of the solutions we are looking for are lying on the streets because our scientists and our media leaders have deliberately become Eurocentric and undermined constant research and looking for solutions among the roots and the herbs that Yahweh has given us as a form of healing. So when you begin to bring the blood of Jesus, which is a faith, which is an evocation of a supernatural name to perform an act, don't forget that the same Lord who heals Throughout the Bible, plagues happened to the non-believers and to the believers. And when the Lord allows that to happen, even in the tent of Israel, when they were traveling from Egypt to wherever, thousands died because they disobeyed. So the same God of love, when okay. he looks at us with judgment, we cannot run and hide behind the blood of Jesus. Yeah. When in fact we are swimming in disobedience. I want to speak from another angle and say God has not been happy with the way people have been worshipped. Okay. And as a result, let us allow, if these are his churches, as we have announced them to be, that this is the house of the Lord, and the house of the Lord has been closed, yeah. then allow the owner to worry about it. 
Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Raz Dao Dao, um, you, 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 you seem to have uh, said two things that I do not know wh- when you're going to merge them. You gave us a quote, very remarkable quote that says we must look to God. And yet your remark, your personal remark said people are going to be radical away from religion. Uh, were you reading this to confuse us or is there a connection between those two? Well, it is really representing my current prognosis. I see three scenarios uh, after the whole lockdown, whether 21 days or it will be prolonged, depending on what is the next agenda. Now, the three scenarios that I see is that one, first one, uh, the innovations that faith-based communities are going to develop during this lockdown, like the e-ministries, are going to remain with us after the lockdown. It's going to be the new pattern that uh, people are going to resort to. Uh, Second scenario is that we either people are going to resort to, we must look into ourselves, into the depth of our souls. We must become something we have never been, for which our education and experience and environment has ill-prepared us. So either people are going to the basic realization that basically you don't need no temple. Your body is a temple of God. God lives within you. And therefore, it will also have a shift on the number of attendances to the churches. Now, people are going to look at the churches quite very differently and even look at themselves more differently. And then the third scenario is the one that I mentioned coming out of China, that uh, it's going to be either a total abundance of faith, and people start to look at something beyond faith, look for facts, you know, and be guided by facts, not fears. And that itself, it can either uh, radically reduce uh, faith adherence, the number of faith adherence, or begin to question faith in a way that it was never questioned before. Like now, the question that you also repeated, that uh, these centers are supposed to be centers of healing, and now in this time of disease, they are closed. Now the question is, what was their purpose in the first place? Now, if that is going to be the lingering narrative of what was actually the purpose of this thing except to enrich the pastors and so forth, then that is going to damage faith very big time. So the quote, Russ, the quote you read at the beginning, why did you read that to us? The quote was basically saying we must turn to religion, we must turn to God. God is the one who's going to be our solution. Why did you read that, if, if this is the sentiment of your three scenarios? Yes, um, I said, uh, first, in the context of South Africa being a faith-based country, usually we hear statistics that we are 80% Christian, 90% religious, and 100% spiritual. So it will still be relevant and relative to speak to the people of faith from a God perspective. But then this is, when it goes forward, it says we must look into ourselves, into the depth of our souls. We must become something we have never been. Now, if you read it carefully, it disassociates God from institutions that claim to represent God on earth. But it brings man to himself that men have to look deep within themselves. Now, in looking deep within yourself, you, you, are, you are bound to get two different situations, either the one that fortify your faith in God or fortify your faith in yourself. One of my Rastafari brothers, they have an order called Bakalipi, 
when you go to, to their order, they have a mirror in the altar. They tell you that if you want to see God, look into that mirror. Oh, okay. What, what you see there is God, which is yourself. Okay. So, which is ultimately retaining people to themselves, like the Chinese, if we're going to use the Chinese scenario of science. Yeah. This is man solely entirely depending on his, his intellect. Yeah. To find solutions to the problems, and he is not outsourcing that particular responsibility to any supernatural force. Yeah. Because we have realized that there is no supernature. There is nothing beyond nature. There is no supernatural. Okay. So all the solutions of natural problems are in natural causes. So this is going to, this is the double scenario. I'm not speaking as a prophet or a sangoma, but just as deep analyst trying to analyze where are we going with this thing. I have my own misgivings, which to a certain extreme, they question the entire structure of faith itself. And yet you are a member of faith, yes? And yet I'm a member of faith, which is the dilemma of it all. Okay. All right. I want to go back to, to the evangelism. By the way, please I must send your voice notes uh, to our WhatsApp number and we'll read them as soon as we can. Our number is 0614-104-107. Again, 0614-104-107. That's our WhatsApp number. You can send your texts and your voice notes there. And uh, before we conclude our conversation, we'll give you a chance to have a say as well. If you want to put a call through to the studio, you can do that. 11 Five one zero or zero double one four eight two nine two one six again zero double one four eight two nine two one six evangelist I, I I liked the fact that you were saying actually it was always supposed to be family oriented religion and faith were supposed to be family oriented and not mass based uh, and I, I see that in all of the scriptures that I've read whether it is uh, the, the Hebrew scriptures or whether it is the Muslim scriptures all of these communities seem appeared in their scriptures to be family oriented where did we miss it when when did it change to become these mega churches these gatherings of strangers and places where they're going to be having positions of power when did this change evangelist uh from from the way i've i've uh, tried to find out it starts with the pagans when they turned to the hebrew faith specifically the romans they are the first people to build basilicas and the cathedrals in which they would group people to 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 come every 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 weekly day to worship, and 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 that, that that's where it comes from. Our forefathers they would only gather on festivals. That's when they would gather at the hekel at the temple. But basically during the during the year, all the times of worship, worship as it is done right now today. If you go in Makaya. It was a home issue. It was a family issue. Forgive me, Evangelist. Now, you, you just lost me there. Which which community are you talking about? Because the Hebrews, even during the Exodus, have always been a mass mobilization. They have been I'm, moving I'm, I'm, in the Exodus I'm, I'm, as a mass. Even in the New Testament, I'm, you find in Acts chapter 1 and 2, gathering up in the upper room and then adding thousands in that environment. I'm not quite sure. Which faith no, are you referring to? You are not, you are not listening to, to me very carefully. Okay. The faith of our forefathers originally, as it is done in the, in, in, in the Torah, it's a family thing. That's why, that's why Scripture says, in your dwellings, when you keep the Shabbat in your dwellings. Yeah. And, and, and there, was, there, was, there, 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 there was no talk of going to church. But 
there was a temple that was later on built to which they would go and gather on the festivals. Right. That's, that, that was the original plan. Before, before we have had uh, uh, any other big gatherings that you are talking about. The one that you are talking about in the book of Acts, remember it was the Feast of, uh, of, of, of Shavuot. That was Pentecost. They were supposed to gather in numbers. So, so that was happening only specifically on the festivals. But on day-to-day worship, the daily and the weekly was done always in the in the, in, 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 in their in their environment. Now, this is where we are supposed to take worship to, because the moment we change that setup that Abba Yahuwah designed from the beginning, then we are likely going to have all the confusion that has been happening all these years. And this this COVID nineteen, in a way, has turned out to be a, a vehicle to take people back to true worship. So it's reshaping worship in some aspects in a positive way. And in the manner of legislation, the one that I wanted to pursue, it's also going to be reshaping worship in a sort of negative way. Okay. All right. I'm going to take a break and come back. When we come back, I would like us to chew on now on the way forward as far as our look at religion. What do you propose be the case moving forward after the 21 day lockdown and i suspect it may not be just 21 days after the 21 day lockdown where should people of faith go should they go back to their buildings of worship should they stay at home and still continue with electronic ministries should they even abandon this faith fallacy because many are already saying if these centers of faith and healing are not going to offer me healing for my faith. Why should I go there to begin with? Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask you gentlemen to give us some perspective as far as that is concerned. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. I'm Nayel Upondwana. We still do have our guests giving us some perspective, trying to give us some answers to the question, will COVID-19 shape or reshape the way the world sees religion? And to help us answer this question, we do have on the line our guest for tonight, Pastor Bishop Joshua Mapong, a cultural activist, a writer, a fighter of spiritual colonialism, and also evangelist Eason Znumwe. He is an evangelist who is a Hebrew Israelite and also Rasta Tau Haramanuba, a president of the Rastafari United. From talking to us, giving us some perspective on the question we're asking tonight, will COVID-19 reshape the way the world sees religion? We're looking at your WhatsApp text. Those of you who sent some text, thank you very much. And please do not forget to tell us what your name is. We do have one text. It reads, it is a catch-22 situation. Discernment and knowledge and wisdom are being challenged at a huge scale. And as according to the scripture, it is written that the God operates in mysterious ways. And when speaking, God's speech is not easily comprehended by mankind. God speaks to humankind whether one believes it or not. Sir, madam, please don't forget to let us know what your name is, okay? Another one reads, Evening, the son of Adam is such when he or she goes through trials and tribulations, he or she sincerely calls out to God. But when trials and tribulations pass, he or she returns back to his or her old ways. At one point, we all realize that there is no place of refuge except God. As far as religion is concerned, okay, amen religion right uh, muslims are firm in their faith christians the ground is shaky who's with no faith etc 
uh, will want to fit in any religion. Musa in uh, Putarichawa. Thank you very much, Musa. Now the text reads, Now during the time that Jesus walked on earth, he did not heal everyone. And the fact that he was killed by a man, it does not mean that he was he was did not have power to fight back. The people even mocked him saying, why don't you save yourself because you saved others. So COVID-19 and people sick and dying does not mean God is powerless. MM. Interesting perspective there, MM. Thank you very much for your text. Another one reads, uh, to have unity in prayer, perhaps one religion, one currency, one education, one medication. It could be taking the entire world into review of religions, currency, education, and medical and social issues over 2,000 years. The saying, call no man Lord. Okay, this person forgot to tell us what his or her name is. Thank you very much for sending it nonetheless. Uh, another text reads, uh, um, how are you, SFM? Allow me to contribute on your topic. Coronavirus is going to impact religious positively. God is in control. He wants us to see that there is no man who can stop him from that he allowed he from what he allowed to happen. Most of people are going to fill up churches to capacity, and then. He forgets to tell us what his or her name is. Thank you very much nonetheless. Gareth Yonkers from Kimberly writes, If anything, this COVID-19 virus has exposed religions and its leaders. Church leaders have been enge engaging in all this buffoonery, faking raising people from dead, curing people from HIV, AIDS, etc. Funny enough, since this COVID-19 virus has reared its ugly head. Somehow these prophets have been scarce and we are seeing the real church leaders coming to the fore, preaching some sense and being sensible. Gareth Yonkers from Kimberley, thank you. Appreciate you sending your name and your text. Another one reads, I wonder where all the miracle pastors are hiding now in this crucial time where they are needed the most. Why are they so quiet in advertising their anointing and healing oils? Oh my goodness. God to heal the land of this pandemic. Matthew from Rustenburg. Matthew, thank you. Appreciate your text. Another text reads, Good evening, Naya. Let's convert church buildings to theaters for musicals, training centers, research centers, etc. Alternatively, use tithes to financially empower congregants by using the money on properties, opening factories, clinics, etc. COVID-19 just proved to us the reality. Regards, Farai in Pretoria. Thank you, Farai. Appreciate your text and telling us what you are, who you are. Another one reads, Good evening, Naya. Church is closed because they are also abiding by the laws of the country. Uh, the country and not merely because they are afraid of the coronavirus. Uh, Ali Malaji. Ali Malaji, thank you very much. Appreciate you sending uh, your text. All right, let's try and take some calls and then uh, we go back to our guests. Uh, Ali in Soweto. Good evening, Ali. Ali, good evening. Good evening, Naya. Yes, Ali. Yes, Naya, the, 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 your, your, your question is very valid. In that when the church itself, when, no, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about the church. Mm. When the church was founded, buildings, the temple was there in Jerusalem, but the church was not founded in that building. The church was founded in houses. Jesus Christ called guys outside to the mountainside, blah, blah, blah. And established the church. That's why he said in, in Matthew 15, in Matthew 16, that he says, 
upon this rock, when answer and Peter say, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church of Jesus Christ is not names and tags and religious formations of either whether Protestant or Catholic or what, are the called out ones who heard the voice of Jesus. And they believed in him and put their trust in him. Okay. Yeah, because once we're talking about religion, it's another story. Because another one will tell you there was 1884. They said Jesus Christ was coming. Some guys got disappointed and said, "Ah, there's no such." 1844, you mean? <laughs> you, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the issue here is religion. I'm, I'm not so much concerned about it, but the church, which yeah. is which the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay. The gates of, it, will, it will remain. Okay, got it, got it. Ali, I appreciate your perspective. Distinguish between the church and religion. Religion is going down, church is going up. I hear you. Thank you, Ali. I appreciate your call. Ali, so we're to move on to Matemane. Matemane from Katlehong. Good evening. Good evening, Nae. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I just want to contribute a little bit on the way forward. Okay. Now, I think, uh, you know, we are going back to the basics. Okay. The basics, uh, uh, the black book tells us what we should do. All of us know what we should do. Okay. We are here uh, uh, engaging in our own personal uh, vendettas and uh, personal gain. The church is no longer the church which I believe in, uh, uh, in Jesus Christ. Okay. The, the, we are no longer... Uh, preaching the word of God. We are, not, we are no longer uh, doing what Jesus Christ has told us to do. Okay. The family is the basis of the community. Okay. And so it is. And now uh, uh, it would seem we have uh, taken the uh, church to be the community. The church is not the community. The church is the building. Okay. The church uh, is the building, not it, the community. It's not the community. It's the building. The community starts where is the community. Where, what is the basis of the community? It's the family. Let's go back to the basics. Okay. okay. Let's go back to the basics. Uh, uh, the temple. According to the Bible, uh, the temple has been uh, 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 has fallen. The temple of Jerusalem has fallen. I'm not and sure Jesus I followed said, you there, Matimane. Please help me. What do you mean by that? What do you mean, according to the Bible, the temple has fallen? You remember uh, what uh, Solomon did. He turned the uh, 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 the temple into. Uh, uh, what he wanted it to be to pursue his own uh, personal no uh, sir uh, no, no sir uh, I, I don't remember that at all do, do you want to share with us a text that would support that he turned the temple into what he wanted it to be he built the temple to begin with it, what do you mean he, he built, turned the temple yes but uh, 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 why did uh, 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 the Israelites went to into Babylon into uh, uh, to Babylon, only the Jew, the Jews were. Uh, 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 Matiman, uh, what do you mean he turned the temple into what he wanted it to be? 
Where do you get that in your scriptures? The temple fell because uh, 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 Solomon was uh, using the temple for ulterior purposes. Where do you get that in your scriptures there, Matiman? In the book of uh, the Kings. Yes. Yes. Where in the Kings, Matiman? Walk with us. Take us with you. Uh, I'll refer to it uh, 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 in the Bible. uh, 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 All right, I got to move on. If you cannot share it with no, we cannot say the fact of the matter. If you cannot back it up, but I take a break and come back and move on. SAFM Prime Time all day long. Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. I really do wish that we would stick as close to the scriptures as honestly possible because I would love to know where we get the things we say. If you are going to share your opinion like many other people do, feel free to do so. But if you're going to say it is from the scriptures, we cannot desecrate scriptures on this show. Uh, If you have a scripture, share it. But do not allege this is from the Quran or the Torah or the Bible if you cannot share with us where in the Quran, Torah, or Bible, or any scriptures for that matter. May I humbly request that if you're going to reference the scriptures, point us to it. Don't allege it's there and yet it's not. If it's there, you should be able to share it with us. Ziad in Pumala, in Pulugwana. Good evening, Ziad. Good evening, how are you? Well, thank you. Go ahead, Ziad. Okay, I'm scared. My lens is a bit bad here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just um now look you see god is ever living he's eternal he does not he'll never die and he don't have death also so he does what he wants at his own time he did die he did uh, die there Zia. don't forget he did die sorry many times many times god had been regarded to be absent in the, in the lives of human beings you know, oh. i'm not quite sure what you mean oh. he does which faith do you come from oh okay which place? which faith faith which faith do you come from no, we are Muslim. Muslim You're Muslim. Background. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to our belief that he is eternal, he does not die. And he is he does what he wants according to his own will. If you can look at, 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 at a prophet whose name was Jacob, that prophet was very sick for something like, according to our belief, he was Hold sick on, hold on, Ziad. Like, we're still talking about COVID-19, the way we look at it and what's going to happen yes, now going forward. That's remember? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to, that's what I want to. All right, go for it, go for it, okay. So, so that prophet's name was Jacob, he was sick for something like 18 years. And he was so sick that, but he, 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 he he had lots of patience and he believed that something will happen. So this COVID-19 that is happening in us, it needs us to, to, to have firm, to be strong. Is, is it it, the Jacob wife of the husband to, to Leah and Rachel? Hmm. The Jacob that was uh, sick with epilepsy. I'm not sure about his wife, but I know he, his name was Jacob. So he had lots of patience mm. during his sickness. Okay. He didn't give up. So this this sickness that came to us, it came as a test. It's something that will come in and move. We have to wait. It's only how long? Three months now. It started in December, January, February, March. Only three months. So it needs us to have lots of, of patience. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you very much, Ziad. Appreciate your call. It actually started last year in November. Let's go to Anonymous. Anonymous is in Good evening, anonymous. Good evening to you, Naya. Go ahead. You know, Naya, mm. we, uh, in um, in Arabic, uh, there's everything in the Quran that says 
um, the healing. The healing it comes from God, okay. right? Because sometimes sickness comes from God. It's for a certain reason. Sometimes it comes from God uh, in different for, uh, formats. Because some in some occasions where you uh, get an illness and you can be cured or sometimes you cannot be cured. Yeah. Sometimes when God wants you, he will just take you away. There we got a little booklet all extracted from the Quran. Right? It's called uh, Fatiha Duas. In that booklet, you'll get everything, like when, it's, uh, you, uh, when you are sustaining a loss or when lightning breaks up or when in bodily pain yeah. or when visiting the sick, everything, everything, let me put it there. Except for COVID-19, though. In no, COVID-19 is there. When having fever, is COVID-19. Right. When but none, is, no, none of your community have come forward to say, here's a book with doers, we can do that. Yeah, maybe they maybe they all talking about COVID nineteen turn to God, but they are not uh, specifying in detail. Like like uh, you you find yeah when having fever, uh, when the name of God, the great I seek protection in God, the magnificent from every spurting vein and from the evil of the heart. But of the none fire. of your community have provided that solution there. I'm I'm certain that you can never tell me that uh, you will find any of your theologians positing that as a solution to COVID-19. And yet they come out to say, let's do social distancing. Got to move on, Anamos. Thank you very much. I want to give my guests opportunity to give a parting shot. Solutions moving forward. What do we do now? Do we abandon or do we support religion? 30 seconds. I'm going to begin with the evangelist. Go ahead, evangelist. 30 seconds. Do we support or abandon faiths? Let's go back to the basics. Okay. Home assembly is the way to worship. We meet on the festivals when the time Abayawa wants us to meet. Yeah. So when we go back to basics, we are going to prosper. Yeah. But... Unfortunately, this, this, this COVID-19 is going to bring about advantages and disadvantages to worship. Well, let's watch out on the disadvantages, but watch out also on the advantages. Got it, got it. Thank you very much. Home assemblies are the way to go. Let's move on to Russ Tao Tao. Go ahead, Russ. 30 seconds. Go. Um, first, let me just quickly make a, a disclaimer on my uh, dilemma of faith. Uh, well, my faith does not really profess to be a faith perform a miracle performing faith. It just direct people to nature, to healthy living and so forth. So my thing is the way forward is we just have to look deep within ourselves and look for answers that was never asked, uh, questions that was never asked for answers and that which we will develop with uh, the lockdown and so forth. Got it, got it, consciousness got it. I want to give the bishop process. also the opportunity for thirty seconds. Go ahead, the bishop Bishop? I think we need to have a strategy around reinvestment of our money uh, from the system to ourselves and our relatives. Food security, plant garden, in our own houses. The lockdown we have now is only to test extends to July like they did in Italy. School is going to collapse. We need to start finding solutions within our own yard and by investing in those kind of means it can create a more sustainable lifestyle. As for spirituality, there's a distance between the floor and your knees. Yeah. I think if you can find your knees, you'll be able to become a better Christian than the one who's dressing up nicely to appear in a church and yeah. show us your new suits and your cars that you have borrowed from the bank. Okay. So All right. Let's home. leave it right there. My one time is up, Bishop. I need to leave it right there. Please forgive me, Bishop. I have to end it right there. From all my guests, thank you very much to all my guests, Pastor Joshua Maponga, Eastern Zanumu, and also Rastau Tauharamanuba. Thank you very much for coming through and making our program and a happening success. From me, Nayelu Pondona, and the team, to you as a South African, please, let's flatten the curve. 
Have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.